0: Apocalypse. The new candidates for hip hop governor. We are talking about state of the game. We're gonna we're gonna run as a ticket unopposed. This is Dano, uh, you know, the founder of Free Music Empire. Um, the nicest egomaniac that you'll ever meet, and um my my cohort co-host is D'Angelo Russell his favorite Laker? Maybe. Maybe. You'll have man. to ask. Him. This is K. <laughs> Diggy. Thank you for being here. Yeah, man. What are the Lakers like when LeBron's not on the floor? How, how, how would you describe?
1: Oh, um, I mean, almost like what Kobe, what they're like with Kobe wasn't on the floor, so.
0: Yeah. It's like a it's like a public bus when the bus driver gets out for a smoke and just leaves, <laughs> and everybody's just sitting in the bus. You know, uh, that's that's how they feel when LeBron's not on the. Floor. Yeah,
1: they know it's it's their time. It's their time to act up. You know,
0: it's a tribute to LeBron though to be in his 19th season with everybody being like, "I hope you save us this game because we're fucked." Um,
2: <laughs> but he could still do it. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Can still do it, he's still flying around dunking blocking shots, chasing people down. Insane. Um, yeah. so we have a guest here, and, and we do we reach out, we we want to be want to communicate with our audience, the people who are subscribers to the Patreon, uh, in a safe way where they won't stab us, you know what I mean? Um, and so this is Zoom is a great outlet for that. Um, and I'm so excited to talk to our guest. Who does these really cool reviews, Twitter reviews? Uh, they're really cool, Kay, because they're really b- blunt and straightforward about why the album works mm-hmm. or doesn't work. Uh, and it's not flowery prose, uh, you know, trying to get the trying to get the imagery off. It's it's like from the corner, you know? Um uh, and that's kind of where we started, Free Music Empire, trying to write this shit. Um, and so, yeah. And and not just that. This is somebody from Florida, and all people from Florida should be studied by scientists. So, um, thank you, Fick, for being here.
2: Thank you for having me. And I'm, uh, I'm I made my way down to Florida originally from New York, but I've you know, <laughs> been down here more than half my life. So. Yes, I guess I am a Florida man.
0: Florida man, the uh, but no, it is <clears throat> thick. When thick and I listen to a lot of SD Mack, um, he is my Knack Godfather in this thing, uh, along with Levi and you know the motherfucker. Yeah, um, but when we listen to so much Knack, we've got to we got to change it up with some non-rap s- stuff to change the flavors up. So I wanted to do an all non-wrap uh, breakdown. Uh, but the first question to you, Fick, <laughs> you've been observing Fick is, is in the game. Fick is buying merch, right? He's got the Alchemist hat on right now. Fick is someone who is heavily involved in this thing and sees all this stuff happening. If I was to ask you for five nominees for MVP of the year, in music, who would you nominate?
2: That's tough. Um, I go Knack. I go Woods. I go Dove. Mm. I go Dove Yep. And at fifth spot, I, I'm going to go Milk because I, I can't put down the two records that he's put out this year. Horseradish and The Fish That Saved Portland. Yep. Uh, those would be also the five most I listened to. Yeah. And
0: the other thing that adds to milk's case, right? Because it's not just about releasing five, 10 albums in a year. It's about the guest features. He demolishes.
2: And he dropped a hell of a lot of singles too. That were just, you know, with, with, uh, I think that the home team, like all of his boys from, uh, Mm -hmm. Portland and all that stuff, like a couple of singles with blue here and there and, you know, countless features. Um, I think he had the best verse on that Blood Blixing album that he was on this year. Yeah, some heavy yeah. Hits on that project too. Like he's just demolishing.
0: Like yep. No, I like that. That's good. You know, that's a good place to start. I am ramping up my thought process on who would be uh, in the mix. So, to get your get your understanding of it. So uh, people
2: got Mike in there. I could see that two solid yeah. rap albums and that production album he put out too. Um I can see Mike in that conversation too.
0: Mike. Yep. Good times. No, but this is uh, this is I mean, how have you felt about the year in music uh, and where where it has been this year?
2: Um I think it's one of I, I thought last year was stellar and I think that this year is somehow possibly topped it and there's still At least two more releases that I am so high on one coming out Friday Aesop, and then the one after that next week with Blockhead. So, like, I'm just I think that this year might even be better
0: than last year. Yeah, I mean, there's a case, man. I mean, there's albums that I know are good that I still don't get to.
2: Oh, for sure. Like, ones I want to go back to and stuff, and just no time.
0: Can I give you an example? Like, Mick Jenkins dropped an album called The Patience and it's so good it's Mm -hmm. so lyrical um but there's so much good lyrical shit i don't get back to it enough i just never seem to get back to it enough um and i'm and and what i always think to myself is man if this was even like a, a medium year that would be a top 10 15 album Oh, for sure. But it's nowhere in the mix for me at this point. It's just because it's just so much, right? How are you going to compete with maps? How are you going to compete with all this, you know, all this stuff out there? Um, Yeah. it's How has it felt to you, K, versus last year?
1: I mean, I mean it's been overwhelming uh, in a sense. Uh, like you said, there's just so many good projects out uh, that you hear about and you say, okay, like you make a mental checklist, like, okay, I'm going to get to that. And then you just never ending up, you just never end up getting to it. Or there's like a delay of three or four weeks before you actually get around to it. Uh, So, it, I mean, there's just so much good stuff, but like too much of too much of a good thing can be bad, you know?
0: Yeah. And I, to me, what separates an album of the year uh, in criteria, and this is just... <laughs> weirdo fan criteria, right from my perspective yeah. um because with me and fick are the type when when an important album drops we're gonna listen to it right bang right. first listen yeah i first listen to every fucking thing you know um i second listen a lot of things um but the true test is when i don't have anything planned to listen to i need to listen to this i need to listen to that when i'm just kicking it and i need mm-hmm. to throw some shit on what am I, what do I come back to? What is in my pocket? First thing out of the bullpen.
1: Um,
0: And you know, I start to take notice of like, Oh man, I keep coming back to that one. Huh? Like crazy. Mm -hmm. I can't reveal what my favorite album of this year has been yet, but I can tell you, I realized it was, because I was like, what is going to be my favorite album of, of this year that I'm going to write about and list? And I pressed all-time listens on Bandcamp, and this album was number one. It came out this year. <laughs> it was over albums that were years old. <laughs> I was just like, holy shit, I guess it's this one. Um,
2: City Girls.
0: <laughs> City Girls. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good <laughs> stuff. It's good stuff. Um, shout out to City Girls. But I'll
2: make a, a, one last point on what you were saying. So sometimes when I feel overwhelmed by, like, how much new stuff is out, like, today was one of those days, like, I wanted a certain vibe, and I had the vibe in my head, and I know classic albums that provide that vibe to me. I wanted straight, grimy, in-your-face, bash-you-with-a-fucking-type, you know, with a bat type of shit, you know? Oh, old. and I'm like, well, I know one album that will always make me do that, and that's The Shining and that's what i wanted to hear today so like i felt too overwhelmed to like search for something like that and i'm like no i'm gonna go into my old bag of tricks well now i haven't heard in 15 years that i know provides that and that's all i did was mm. yeah like i'm just you know and <clears throat> it's a good thing when there's so much good music but it's also a bad thing because it's like yo chill the fuck out let me catch up a little bit like i feel like i need to be on top of everything and I see in you know one of my discords that some people are just listening to an album now that came out in May, and I'm like, yo, I can never like I need to listen to it then. But right, some stuff I haven't gone back to that that I really really want to. I just don't have the time. Like Video Dave Stick Figure, like those two albums blew me away. I've gone back to them each maybe once or twice.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's real tough. Um, and yeah, but what I what I would say is people should definitely take advantage. Of their play cues and playlists, right? Uh, because sometimes what I'll do, let's say I'm listening to a new grimy rap New York album, right? And I'm like, this reminds me of, of the shining, and while I'll start throwing the shining in one to one after that album, yeah, into my play cue, like boom, one from each, uh, back to bat, and see how they compare and contrast against each other um and that's been fun to do um
2: you do that with a first
0: listen uh sometimes yeah yeah Mm. yeah that's interesting i i really enjoy like and especially sometimes it'll be it'll go weird and deep of like like two or three new releases one-to-one and then an old album in in that one-to-one mix as well Mm. so i'm listening to these you know same four albums all day on the first listen (laughs) Uh, mm. or until one of them becomes so good I just have to go straight to that and listen to all that, right? It's like a, the testing period. You're like, but all then right. You
2: have, those, you have those monster days where like two, three fire projects drop. You're yeah, like, like, God damn it. Where am I finding the time?
0: It's happening more and more.
2: Like the- I'll put it, we're on the on the 29th of, November, of September we had Almond Hammer, we had Death Sea Messiah, and then nope. we had uh, Hemlock and Heights. Three oh. albums that I have ran into the ground. Yep, and it's like, how did I find time to listen to all three of them in one day? Like, you you know what I mean? It's like, whoa.
0: Did I tell you, you that? Like, I put the Fall collection on in the vehicle, and uh, and my son from the back seat said, "Is this Saint Francis?" Mm-hmm. Huh. I was like, "Damn!" Like. I hadn't even thought about that shit. I can hear it now that you said that. Like, I, and, and my wife's like, "Oh hmm. yeah, definitely some Saint Francis in here." I'm like, "Oh shit, I didn't even think about that. That's awesome." Um, but yeah, that's just dope. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of of different ways that you have to tease it. But the thing is, I always feel like I'm not listening to stuff enough. The thing is, yes, I I listen to everything once, but. You have to develop a relationship with that album to really cherish it, for sure. Um, and if you don't, you don't you miss out on that relationship, you know. So, what got me close to Ritual, which is one of my favorite albums of the year, so good, is that Mike came out the same time. Killer Mike's album. I haven't listened to it. I listened to both that day, and I was kind of going one to one. I was going from Killer Mike song to Stick Figure song, and and I was like, I don't know, man. I think Stick's got him. I think this is a better version of what Mike's Ooh. trying to do. Um, and that was when I was like, I disconnected from the Killer Mike album emotionally, <laughs> and and Ritual's been my jam, like it's. Oh
2: sure
0: yeah so it's it's been it's been a weird thing like that where it's just like crazy competitive hunger games type shit you know Oh, for
2: sure (laughs) like you feel bad leaving certain albums not in your top three or four and you're like damn like how did i because you you know everybody feels something differently like my top three albums won't look like most people's because it's probably going to be the three albums i've played the most this year yeah it's not what most people would have played it, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. yeah. That's
2: what I love about music, man. Like
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. I hear you. This is so hey, we've got we've got three albums we're talking about today.
2: Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Okay?
0: And one of them I will ride for to the death. One of them makes me smile every time. And the other is the most notably inconsequential album of the year, maybe. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I think we're on the same page. By all this stuff. So this is, uh, we have Take It Easy by Kali Buds, uh, Vagabond, Sorry I Haven't Called, and Black Bayou by Robert Finley. Um, what, where do you want to start, K? Oh,
1: uh... Let's start with Black Bayou. Good deal. Good deal.
0: Yep. I let Kay pick first, Vic, because he has done the most speed dating of any of us. No, that's... <laughs> I, listen, I'm cool. Like, I'm, it, I'm helps me, it helps
1: me with, with the music, listening to the music as well, you know? So which I'm just <laughs> following... I'm following suit,
0: you know? You guys
2: yeah. you guys tell me what to talk about, and I'm talking about
0: it. <laughs> so, which, so which did you pick, Kay? What did you say? Oh, uh, the Black Bayou. <laughs> oh, Black Bayou. So I first heard... I think Sharecropper's Son, which is the last year's album. I really love that album. Um, and, and to be clear, I'm, I'm a very old person. And blues music is what I started with. That was my building block, right? Mm-hmm. My dad played the Doors version of Backdoor Man and said it was a blues cover. And I said to my dad, well, can we hear the original? Uh, and we played the original uh, you know and and I was like that's my shit. The doors are fine, but that's my shit, you know um and you know the blues were really what taught me everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so blues music is one of the things I've missed the most. Um, it's not that it doesn't happen anymore. It's that when it happens, it's done by like white guys in leather jackets who are like professors of blues and it's <laughs> fucking awful. There's no heart in it. There's no soul in it. It's, we'll yeah, it's a copy of a copy of a copy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is that shit. This is Black Bayou is to me, it's the this is the blues. Um but with some really killer electric guitar and interesting production what what did you think of this k how'd you feel about it
1: I, I was conflicting because on one level like i did I did like the uh like I really enjoyed the music uh and the lyrics but on the same time it was a little bit too polished for me interesting. Like when i when I think of like blues I think of And maybe it's the recording. Like, the recording was just too clean for me. And so, like, a lot of, like, the nuances with the blues, like, I didn't really feel it uh, as much as I would have liked to.
0: Interesting. No, it's, it's, and I think there's, like, there's definitely a period of blues, like, I don't know, thinking of Muddy Waters' Hard Again album, where he was, like, later in life, and he's like oh y'all are making electric rock and roll versions of my shit well let me just fucking get the same technology and make clean ass badass blues and it's awesome but mm. so there's definitely a history of clean blues working but i can understand how the texture it's either going to work for you or not work for you right how about the title cut or sorry no the the last song alligator bait was that dirty enough for you? I mean that was a different tone. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I got to recall the lyrics, but there was it, it was a little bit risqué, like it was it was blues with like a modern like hookup culture lens to it.
0: Well, yeah, it was all about the dude the using his grandson as alligator bait. You remember this? <laughs> 6 minutes long and it it is a very kind of I, the sounds it almost reminded me of like creedence clearwater shit where you where you could like feel the the bayuness of it the bogginess of it um
1: yeah yeah i mean it, i i may have to give it another listen and that that kind of goes back to the discussion that you we were having about you know how we like digest music yeah. but yeah on, on the first two listens it didn't really like I, I I thought it was good but I don't know if I would go back to it. It was like a fun experience. It was like okay this is cool like what's next?
0: Yeah Vic, how did it how <laughs> did it hit you? It
2: was my favorite of the three
0: mm-hmm.
2: um that we listened to. Um uh, a couple of things I didn't know that like he had only been making music for five years. You know, I look at the cover, you think that this guy's been putting out albums since like, you know, 1905, <laughs> but like, you know, he just started putting out records only a few years ago. He, he went blind as an adult. Um, but I, I thought like, I can see where you're saying it was polished. I feel like if I had this on a cassette and I was listening to it on like an old cassette player, mm-hmm. the, the pops, and like the the creaking sounds would make, would add to it. Um, it's kind of like, I guess, I'll reference the movie Black Snake Moan, you know, blues movie. Watched a version of that on a bootleg DVD once. And I was like, yo, this is so good. Then I watched the actual version and I was like, yo, this is too clean. So like, sure. I get what you're saying. There was parts of the album where I was just like, okay, you're just polished. You just, you know, you're going for the, you're, you know, you're going for gusto here. You want you want to let, let people know you can do this. But then there was other moments of the album where I was like, yes, this is it right here. Give me all of that. And it was it was the, the one song that was just so weird that really stuck out to me was you got it all, oh, and I need it. The one where he's doing the other voice in such yeah. a high-pitched way. And I was just like, what the hell is going on here?
0: And, and I that's kept... what he's like bragging about how big his dick is and stuff. I'm like... Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, this is crazy.
2: Yeah. But and the first song, those were the two that like really struck me the most on that on this album. But um I yeah, listened to it like you got four, it.
0: The one where he's like where he's basically saying, like, yeah, hey, you're looking so good, you can't blame me for trying. Yeah.
1: Of,
2: yep. crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Basically, you got it, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, like, it was it was a dope album. I don't normally... So, like, when you sent me the list of albums, I I, I kind of like folk music, so I was like, I'm going to stay away from that. And I don't really like the R&B-ish type music from Brent fires so I was like, I'm mm-hmm. going to stay away from that one. I knew nothing about Vagabond or Robert Finley going into this, and I was mm-hmm. like, Collie Buds will be fun. Like, that will just be fun to do that one. But I was very blown away by the Robert Finley record. Like, I was... I'll definitely go back to at least four or five songs from that album Mm. and like listen to them and stuff.
0: Yeah. I think what I was impressed by most Vic is because like when I, when I talked about soulless blues, right. It's like when they're writing songs that are kind of plug and play blues songs, you know, I'm down by a river, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, you're just like, doing what you think a blues song is you know it's a hard night you know Um, and what I found was each and every song on Black Bayou is so goddamn specific it's, mm-hmm. so, it's so specifically uniquely him to the point where it was distracting at times like there was a song where he's just like you know, I've, you know, she was, she was secretly giving lap dances to friends of mine, sneaking around, <laughs> and I was like, "That's not what sneaking around means." Where I was, where I'm from, it's a problem, but it's not, you know, sneaking around per se. That's like a different situation. So, um, it was, it was jarring at times. His perspective was jarring. Uh, for for me and took me out of moments but that was the best part of the album was you never knew what the fuck he was going to talk about oh yeah you never the perspective was so (laughs) alive and so unique that you were just like fuck what is this next song going to be about
2: (laughs) I I really like I really got down with it like and I was just like oh okay now I got to go do a deep dive on blues because I've listened to a few blues albums that, you know, were considered classics. Yeah. But uh, what I thought he kind of sounded like to me was Albert King. Mm. A little bit. Um. I
0: dig it. And it
2: I've listened to like two or three Albert King albums. And I remember listening, I was just like, oh, this kind of sounds familiar. But also, he's a 70-something-year-old man in 2023 making blues music. You know, he's not a 70-year-old man in the 60s and 70s making blues music. So it's going to be a completely different, I can't think of the word, different things that he's going to want to talk about or different things that are more relevant to his life than they were back then to people 50, 60 years ago.
0: Yeah, the Bandcamp description, he says a song should tell a good story. Um, and I think that's definitely where he's coming from with it. Um, and yeah, it, it, there's there's real interesting parts on this, K that talk about you know, being nomadic and being lonely and, you know, living out of your trunk and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you get the idea that if he wasn't in music, he would still be that way. Like he's not that he's not the person that music made him that way. Um, And so this is a rambling man, you know, uh, rambling and and he's he's this is out there um to to give you that perspective so yeah.
1: yeah i mean it was good as i said it was just too pot like i i think with the blues like the what makes the blues interesting is when it's not when it doesn't sound perfect you know like like you're saying when you can hear the scratches when you know maybe the levels are a little bit like uh not everything's at the same level in terms of the music, like where there's certain acts where certain parts of the song are accented more than not like that. The idiosyncrasies is what makes it interesting to me. And in terms of the recording, I didn't I didn't hear any of that in the music. Well, so and it,
0: his voice is full of textures and idiosyncrasies. Yeah. yeah. Weirdness. So I, I can understand where you're like you're talking. You're like the voice. There's so much there. The stories are so much there but right. then the actual sonics are very digital very like yeah cleaned up and like
1: son- that rawness is gone like the i when you're singing the blues there's got to be that rawness like you yeah. but but like when you
2: said you didn't know where his subject matter was going to go on each song i never knew where his voice was going to go on the next line yeah, was yeah. i going to get the whale was i going to get the croon was I you know what i mean and i was I was just so invested in every single move he was making on that album. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I got there and and, and I, I it's the one I listened to the most. I listened to it like I, I three times. I think like I was just like, whoa,
0: yeah, no, it's it's and and I think part of it, Fick, is that you're just not going to get anything like it. You know what I mean? It, this is a completely unique story. This is like, as you said, a seventy year old blind man bragging about his penis and pursuing mm-hmm. women and going through childhood memories. And like, this is the kind of shit that like you have to, you have to take notice on because you're not going to always get it. It's not always going to be there. For you. Right. You yeah, Right. Like me and my wife have had, this is one of the things that really got us together was we both were the type of people that would, go up to the oldest person in the room and sit and hang out and hear their stories and talk to them and ask some questions and like valued their time because we are like, you can give me game or stories or shit that you, that I can never hear from anywhere else, you know? Yeah.
2: Life lessons.
0: Yeah. So Especially like an age this is that kind of shit where this guy is so unique and he's not going to be around forever and it is, his life is so interesting. That alligator bait song, I challenge you to find me another song like that uh, <laughs> this year. Just insane.
2: They don't make songs like that anymore.
0: No, man. No, man. Uh, so I I fucked with that and I was like thinking about all these weird stories that like You know, I so I had a friend, okay, who who broke up with his girlfriend, Mm -hmm. and she because she was like, "I cheated on you," and he was like, "Why?" and she was like, "We were on a boat. What are you gonna do?"
1: Yeah, we were on a boat. You're on a boat. I yeah.
0: And and so I was thinking about that story. Like, man, Robert Finley make a song about that in a second.
1: But
2: he would be the guy who was on the boat. He wouldn't be the guy. <laughs> it's a, we're on a boat, baby. Like <laughs> him and his big penis are taking your girl from you. We're on a boat.
0: Boat. <laughs> um, yeah, I honestly I could see him writing the song from either direction. Um, you know.
2: Yeah, one, both songs on the album, one from each perspective. Oh, for sure.
0: You know who Irma Thomas's greatest hits are like that. If you get like Irma Thomas' greatest hits, she's like a really important uh blues uh singer, and her greatest hits go from like he pulled my guts out when he cheated on me to like sorry I cheated on you and like, like back and forth <laughs> it's great. Um yeah, all the perspectives. So yeah, it definitely it's made me want point. to
1: out
2: more blues music. So I like I definitely have added a few muddy water stinks to my to my cue because of that album long overdue on it too. Cause I always, I always liked blues music when I heard it because when there's emotion, I'm in like, I will always be in when you put emotion on a track and mean Mm -hmm.
0: it. Yep. Howlin' Wolf has always been my, my deal. Um, And uh, yeah, just really good stuff. And um, yeah, there's a lot of great work out there, but yeah, there's, there's, it's been a little too polished for a while. Uh, blues music has um Mm -hmm. this is actually a lot less than a lot of the ones i've heard uh in terms of that overwhelming polish but you the point is is real k your point that like everyone needs to be more thoughtful about how polished and how clean your sound is Mm -hmm. is it supposed to be that clean You know, not can you get it that clean? Is it meant to be that clean? Is the song meant to be mixed, mastered like that? Or is it meant to be done a different way? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: That's one of the reasons. Some of your favorite albums of the year are that way because of how they were mixed and mastered. Right? Like Sleeping Dogs, to me, is a great example. See Money Burns, the mixing mastering on that is so unique. It's so beautiful. Uh, there's no album that sounds like it. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's spot on my list has been guaranteed because who else is doing shit like that?
2: Well, it's like when you, when you look at a record and it says mix and mastered at the greenhouse, you already know you're in for a sonically some of the greatest shit you will ever hear in your life.
0: Right. Hundred percent, yeah. It's it's so those guys understand different textures, different ways to make things sound. So, but everybody should be mindful of that, and and trying to do their best work in those spaces.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. should we do Kali buds? Should we go into the?
2: That yeah, one nice. Right.
0: <laughs> Take a easy. I don't know. I'm I'm into it. Kali um, mm-hmm. buds. I. I listened to the album before I knew that this was a white guy from Louisiana. Uh, I did not go in knowing that. Uh, I want to lead the discussion by saying I am in no position to judge this guy for being a white guy who does reggae. I am the whitest person you'll ever meet, and I am just not qualified for that. If other people want to be mad at Kali Buds for being white and doing reggae, feel free make the case I'll read your blog but I won't write it. I it, can't. it's,
2: it's, not it's a deep. little it's a little bit deeper than that He's not he's not white as we are white. So his mother's from Antigua and his father was from Bermuda. he just happened to be born in New Orleans.
0: So this is again why I like <clears> I said I have no I have I have no skin in this game. I'm gonna leave that. Yeah. So when Thank when you. Come Around
2: came out, what well, in like '06, you know, finally it is Come Around. Everyone was like, "What did the one white guy in Jamaica make like a group and like decide to make reggae music like?" It, like we knew he was white, me and my friends, but I never knew like that. And today, like I had to look it up. But like, yeah, he moved back to Bermuda or something when he was a kid. So like, he was just born in Louisiana. Okay. But it's still funny when you think of it like, oh, he's a white guy from Louisiana that makes reggae music. like,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and That's all I could picture in my head while I was listening to the album.
0: So, <laughs> and he's not, by, by the way, like beyond that, right? He's an interesting dude. Like if you go, I don't know if you've gone as nerdy as I've gone, Kay, but go ahead and go on YouTube and find the video for this, for the title. <laughs> you need to watch this video. <laughs> to me, this video is everything you need to know about Kali Butts.
1: It's everything. Yeah, I have no idea what the guy guy looks like.
0: Oh, you need uh, to see. It's everything I, you need to know. He kind of looks like a skinny Scott Storch. Right, right. So this video, Kay, is just him... In a white shirt, it's not, he's not dressed in an intimidating way where you're like, oh, those clothes are expensive. It these just normal clothes, uh, glasses. He gets in like a banged up truck uh with a really attractive lady. They go to a top of a mountain and they smoke weed together. And that's the video. That's the whole video. And it's just like, that's how this dude is. Like, he's just Vibing, you
1: know. He's vibing. It's, it's literally. perfect. I've heard of blue eye soul, but blue eye Jamaican, J- J- blue eyed reggae is. I mean, it's the new thing, you know. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's,
0: it, snow is around, so it's 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 happening. It's happening, you know. Oh <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like uh, it's a little bit better than I guess Modest Yahoo. Well, yeah. So, like, to be fair, and that's why I said I didn't want to judge this dude because I, I got the feeling like this guy's—he's not like doing a voice when he's doing when he's doing the reggae. Like, he's very adept with this to the point where you're like, some people grow up in those neighborhoods, dog. Like, some people, you know, you grow up your whole life in these neighborhoods, and. You're immersed in that, you know? So and from then people come to you and say, you know, how dare you do this? And you're like, what do you mean? Like, I was with my people, you know? Um, so I understand that as a part of the <coughs> equation. Um, but yeah, I got no hate in my heart for collie buds. Um, it's it's a weird album. It's a weird album. How do you feel about it, Kay? Is your favorite?
1: No, it's not my favorite. Um, it, it reminded me a lot like if Post Malone did a reggae album. Oh, uh, oh. oh and, But yeah. you know what? I, I think it's uh, the best way to think of it. It's not like I had to think of it. Sometimes we have to listen to music like outside of our own taste mm, and yeah. just think about, OK, what were they going for? Like, what was the purpose of them making this record? Uh, do we think that they, do I think that they made, did, do I think that they hit what they were aiming for? And I think he hit what he was aiming for. So I, I give him, I give him credit. It's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I I can see what they were trying to do. And, and I think that they accomplished it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thick. You close your eyes and picture a water park in South Florida. This album could play front to back, oh, for sure, for sure. And it's one of those albums where, it,
2: like, like you said, he he, what was he going for? Take it easy, and that's what it is. You put it on, and it's background music.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It's
2: it's not anything that I want to. I'm I'm not, not going to go out of my way again to listen to it. But if it's on in the background, I'm not gonna be like, you know, right. Yo, son, turn that, that shit on the radio, son. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm yeah. gonna let it play because I'm like, oh, okay, like yeah, I'm, I can get down to this. But it's not anything where I'm like, I fucking need that. It just sounds like cutting dry ska, reggae, soca, whatever you want to call that kind yes. of genre. Um, but there's other artists who make that music who I would gravitate way more to before I would to Calibus.
0: And yeah. yeah, and I think like there's a, the biggest problem with this album, K, uh, mm. is the sameness of it from one song to the next. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we talked about this K with uh, like my meanest declaration of the year uh that like with with that Janelle Monet album. Mm-hmm Welcome to the Pleasure Dome or whatever that
1: was? Uh, ple- right. Pleasure something. Age of Pleasure, I think. Yep. So, Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. To the
0: Pleasure Dome. <laughs> uh, it's, it, uh, I basically said, if you listen to the first two songs on that album, you don't need the rest. You don't. The rest of it is is. you know, that's a PS. Right? Uh, that's just- and so this album is the same way. Sure. If you listen to the title track and then you listen to high grade, that's what this album's about in two songs. And that's boom. Done.
2: I would pick a different two songs though.
0: Okay. Pick a different two songs. What do you got?
2: I would go no bushweed and twisted agenda, even though that is the most mailed in verse I have ever heard from Be Real in my life.
0: Yeah, that was that was bad, dude. But
2: Twisted I'm about agenda, I'll life. give it to you.
0: I'll no bush
2: me- weed, like I don't want to smoke that. When I don't smoke bush weed, I'm taking it easy. And then the twisted agenda with bounty killer, because then it's like, look, here's what I'm doing, and I'm doing it. I got bounty killer here with me; he's doing it with me. And then it's just like I feel like the record picked up there
0: a little bit. And so, and that's and, I- yeah, it did. It, and and <clears throat> collision is pretty good, you know. You get, you get some collaborations. Kali Buds kind of wakes up when there's collaborations a little bit. I feel like if every song had a feature
2: on it, I would have been more vested. And that's nothing against Kali Buds, but he just didn't hold my interest no. in each of his solo songs.
0: Sometimes you can get so casual and so chill that you put yourself to sleep, you know? Um, and I think he's guilty of that here, that sameness. When Twisted Agenda came on, Bounty Killer's voice is so goddamn exciting that I was like, fuck, I need to cut this album with another better album.
2: That was my favorite song on the on the album, Twisted Agenda, because the, the energy that Bounty Killer brought was Crazy. nothing like anything else on the album.
0: Crazy. Absolutely. And honestly... He needed it. If this was an album that Bounty Killer and Kali Buds did together, I'd love it. Right? For sure. With him as the fire starter and Collie Buds as the smoothness, you know. The um,
2: juxtaposition is always yeah. fucking nice.
0: Yes. I mean, but but um I, what I ended up doing, okay, was like listening to this song for song uh with Bounty Killer's No Argument album from
1: '96. and and, yeah yeah. good i was gonna say you know what it reminds me of it kind of reminded me of uh you ever seen arthur the pbs show arthur yeah you know like the theme song which i love which is classic it it reminded me a lot of that of that theme song for arthur for sure the flutes yeah i'm hearing it all now for sure
0: yeah yeah
1: Um, i mean i
0: would say if like let's say if Bruno Mars wants to do a reggae album, Colin <laughs> Buds could do that for him, right? They like he could be in the tank, in the think tank, yep. helping him get that done. This is like brutally acceptable music. Yeah, I
2: think Bruno Mars can make a better reggae album by himself than Buds. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: I'll say that. Bruno That's Mars is one true. of the most talented individuals on sure. the planet. Yep. I don't like any of his music. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm like. Some songs here and there, but he is the most talented
1: person on the face of the earth.
0: Talented guy. Talented guy. Because,
1: yeah. uh, you know, and I, and I kept going back because we, we reviewed, was it last year? We reviewed Coffee's album. Uh, and I don't know how old Collybuds Buds is, but like, I think one of the criticisms I had was Coffees is like, I wish you would have a little bit more fun and loosen up a little bit. And this felt like the the opposite. The opposite of that. That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, you yeah. know, like as I said, kudos, kudos to both of them, Coffee and Kali butts. Like, yeah,
0: there was a point, maybe the weakest point. I don't know if it was Mister Wicked on track eight, but he was like, "You don't want me as an enemy," and I was like, hey. "Maybe I do." Have we? Does this? How do I know this? <laughs> what is you know? Where's, where's the evidence of this throughout this, you know? What is happening here, you know? Weird. Oh. But, yeah, it, it's you can't, you can't, like it's the same way, you can't be killing people for 11 tracks on your album, and then on the 12th one be like girl, I'm
1: sensitive. <laughs> I
0: need your shoulder to cry. on, like, what are you talking about? Um, it's you know you haven't built that world. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, the same thing with this, where he was like, you know, take it easy, relax, love, happiness, me and the girls smoking weed, and then he's like, you don't want to mess with me. I'm like, what? What is yeah. that? Who are you now? Um, but yeah, Collie buds. It, it was it was impressively inconsequential, <laughs> and I wanted. That's why I was happy that we were focusing on it, right? Because, like sometimes, you know, if you just analyze the best of the best albums, and that's all you hear, you end up getting snobby about the best albums. What? Yeah, you end up being like, this isn't that good, you know. Um, I think New York City Tap Water is overrated. Come on, relax. Uh, But. you you have to understand most of the music that came out in 2023 was like Kali Bud's easy, Inconsequential, right? It's a giant river that flows downstream and there's good shit in it that we pick out, right? but the river is full of this kind of music.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's it's inconsequential on purpose, like it's designed to be like that. It's designed to be able to fit into a playlist and as I said, like if this, if this song came on in a playlist, you're not like skipping the song, no. you'll just let the song ride. Like any song on this album, you would just let it ride. Like, I don't think this was horrible music. No, uh It was just like you said, there were no, it was just inconsequential. There were no stakes to it. It was just, it was just okay.
0: You know, when like you would, you, you're, sometimes you're, you're in a place, you're talking to somebody And then you stop. You stop the conversation. You stop. You're like, what the fuck is this song?
1: Yeah. uh, Yes.
0: Who is this? What the fuck is this? Like, you would never do that with Kylie Buds. You would have, you would keep having that conversation. You would keep sipping that drink. um, And you would be kicking it.
2: Yeah. For sure.
0: Yep. And I wasn't, like everybody said, it's not offensive. It's not bad. Uh, it has no teeth, right? No teeth whatsoever. And there's some people who would be like, Well, reggae has the sameness to it. No. Listen, go ahead and find Bounty Killers, No Argument from 96. It's bananas, 12 songs. I think that's the same amount as uh as the Collie Buds. Um and everything is totally different. Every song is totally different. Every moment is exciting, yeah. Uh, because that's what great, great artists are, do. You
1: know, you know what, 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 what About this, song? I could see this being—you could see that you could see his music being in the background of a commercial. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, and that—and that's what it's designed. It's designed to be accessible. Like, I would say, like, ironically, like I think Coffee's better, but I would say this—this this album is more accessible to most people than Coffee's album. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the people they want it to be accessible to, you know what I mean? If because my drift.
0: Yeah. And I think may, there's a possibility. I don't know enough about Collie Buds, but there's a definite possibility that this is just not an album artist.
2: Mm, right. It doesn't seem like it.
0: The singles artist, right? Like, yep. if you heard Brighter Days, you'd be like, that's cool. Right on. You know, like, um, uh, Take it easy. You could you could pull any of these money up, you know, any of these songs individually. You'd be like, all right, this is good times. There's, there's, a, there's a there's an aura here. There's an ambiance here. But when you put it together, you're like, this is the same fucking ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> Lyrically, nothing's challenging. You know, this relaxing music was cool until we're six tracks deep. And now I'm like, what the fuck? Can I get something else? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> it's it's weird, but it makes sense. And he's yes. the guy that worked with Shaggy uh, that, that you know, plays in those spaces, safe spaces.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. I think we've, with the one that I was going to fight for, that I love the most, is the vagabond of uh, sorry I haven't called and I I just adore this album um uh, and was you know it's it's weird I've had a relationship with it sorry I haven't called I knew it was interesting the first time I heard it but I didn't love it and I've listened to it like a lot. Uh, to get to the point where I am, that I'm all in, but I wasn't all in original. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't sure what genre of music this existed within. Right. What am I listening to? Is this R and B? Is this is this rock? What is this? Is this dance? What happened here? Um, once I let go of that, I was like, "This is such a fucking cool experience." So, uh, yeah. Fik, how did you feel about? Sorry, I haven't called.
2: So, I was reading a little bit on the album before, uh, like while I was listening to it. It, She wrote it after her friend and collaborator Eric Littman passed away. Hmm. She tried to make some somber ballads, but gravitated away from that once the pen hit the papers. Um, It's super catchy and fun, but if you actually listen to it, it's riddled with so much pain and growth. Picking a genre for it was—it's impossible. It, it it seamlessly blends through so many of them. Um, I have a comparison in my mind, and it seems so cliche to the point I don't want to say it, but it seemed like Billie Eilish could have made this album.
0: Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: With the way her voice, the way Vagabond's voice is on most of the tracks, Billie's hush whisper would have fit perfectly on a lot of those songs and i just listening to it the second time i was just like yeah i could definitely see billy on this record but i i enjoyed it more than i thought i was i had no idea what it was going to be when i was going into it Mm -hmm. um looking at the cover it doesn't give you any idea of what you're about to listen to right and i thought it was really dope the first song where she just whispers can i talk my shit and then just goes right into talking fucking shit yeah like, yo, you win me over right there. Like, um, but I really also liked It's a Crisis. I thought that song was awesome. And the last song, I thought she ended super strong with Anti-Fuck. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was just like, yo, this is a complete fucking album. Like, nice. this, this didn't feel like the other two albums where they were just, like, I, I liked the Robert Finley one the most, but it didn't feel like a, full, a real album to me. It felt more of a collection of songs from a guy. And this felt like a whole cohesive album where every song meant it needed to be there. There was a point to each song being on that album. And at the end of the album is where you realize, boom, this is was more about growth than somebody just being pissed off about a bunch of things that had happened to them and wanting to whine about it on record.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a great point to make, Vic. I think making it an album making albums successfully is chestnut checkers right uh and so it's sequencing is a real thing it's a real concern uh all these things are real concerns so like this was so thoughtfully executed that i can see how it calls the other two into question like you know it by comparison to be like these are not as thoughtfully uh comprised or oriented so is, is that fair uh Kay, do you think
1: yeah i mean it it, it did spawn, spawn a lot of genres it reminded me oh, what we talked about this out al- this is the thing about having like an ear with so many good albums yep we took what was the r b album we talked about at the beginning of the year we both loved uh, <laughs>
0: What I've been saying in the Discord chat, the yeah. is selling on this is this is the other side of the Kalila Raven album.
1: Yes, Ra-
0: Yes, you okay? Exactly. So you were zoning in like oh, okay, good. Yes, yeah. Like, that that is the dark side, and this is the light side. It's it's yes. a Star Wars thing, you know. Um, and I think because there's- uh, I'm
1: glad that we were on the same page with that because that that was immediately what I I went to that album was immediately what I, I went to when thinking about this album.
0: Yeah, Raven is so sleek and it's so uh, cold, right? Yeah. so much heart and passion in it. And this is so warm and bouncy, but there's so much
1: terrible shit going on. Darkness. There's darkness in it, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Sure. So that's cool. And my favorite parts, Vic, are when it's off the rails and her her dickishness takes the stage. Right? So, like, uh, made out with your best friend is just an amazing <laughs> moment for me. Like, it's just, like, this is just, she's just stunting, you know? Um, it's awesome. Uh, and just the petulant tone of voice that she executes is wonderful.
1: Oh, Yeah. I mean, I I liked it because I think she used, she didn't stick to a genre. She just, whatever sound or genre was best to, uh, you know, express the feeling or emotion is what she went with. So it seemed very like natural to me.
0: Yep. Yep.
2: No, I, I agree with that. I feel like she let the music dictate where she, where it took her. And mm-hmm. she didn't force the music to conform to where she wanted to go right and sometimes you that's when you get the best records is when you find when you find the melodies and they lead you somewhere opposed to you trying to force somebody to hear the melody in a different type of way to to you know, oh i made this dark song but it seems like a light melody going on in the background and then you're trying to Push it that way, but it would have worked better on a different type of thing, kind of way,
1: exactly. And,
2: and and but she worked it perfect here. She said, No, this is what the song, this is what the melody I got, this is the production that was given to me, this is what this is now going to be. And that's what I really liked about it. And that's what made it all so cohesive to me,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I mean, you can almost hear clouds, you know, like they, this, this almost sounds like clouds, like mm. it's it's fluffy and it's floating uh, and her voice floats. And this is an example of like, the sounds are very clean. Kay, but they're clean for a reason. Yeah. It's part of the authorship. She wants to deceive you with clean sounds.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I I, I think the clean sound works because it gives you that, it sets up that atmosphere. Uh, Because, you know, like to go back to the blues, the blues album, like there's nothing wrong with having a really polished album as long as it fits, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Like the goal. And I think the the polish really helps it because it almost it's like shines in a lot of ways. Yeah. In terms of like the production, it's very shiny.
0: And that's where like Fick mentioned the cover after you've heard this album a few times the cover makes a lot of sense for sure because it's like there's a sense of majesty yeah like in in the outfit even in like the the brightness Both. in the tones of the you know the colors right um it's and and her face if you look at her face and how like like she has her game face on in that picture. Like mm-hmm. so, I just think it really fits this album. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and, and and the sequencing, as as Fick talked about, is vitally important.
2: Extremely on this one. If if, if, mm-hmm. if, 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 the, if the tracks flowed so perfectly into each other that if you mixed it up at all, the album doesn't have the same punch. That it does, that it needs to have when they're put
1: in that order. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of, of the three projects we listened to, this was definitely the most cohesive one, to me. Right. Facts.
0: Yeah. And and can I talk my shit? Is definitely one of my favorite first songs of the year. Yeah. Um. It's it's it establishes a universe um right off the bat, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um you 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 know what you're doing what you're where you're at now, you know? Um oof.
1: It, set, it sets it set the tone.
0: Yeah. I listen to this a lot, man. There's also a lot of like I don't know, so I really like listening to artists that love words. Mm-hmm. You can fucking tell when someone just loves words. Nobody has a fucking song called Lexicon. <laughs> That's fucking awesome, dude. Like she's yeah. got crazy shit going on. Carpenter's a crazy song. Like the way she's manipulating words and phrases is really fascinating. Uh, while her voice is is so is is floating so high off the ground. Mm. Um yeah, it's it's crazy. Vic if you had to pick a run of songs on this album to sell people on it, what what would your run be? Your favorite run on here? Ooh.
2: Wait put up the track list, give me ten seconds.
0: Uh because I'm stuck on this. There's a <clears> few <throat> uh you could you could go with here. Oh, it's got a strong middle.
2: It does, mm. is an extremely strong middle. Yeah, but I, I think you could go Autobahn, nothing to lose, and it's a crisis. Hell yeah! They hit those three. Six, so seven, you could eight. also do the first three. Can I talk yep. to my shit, Carpenter, and you know how? Like, yep, yep. But I feel like any three you pick in any, like, they will work together. But right. I, I would go with those. Those two autobahn to it's a crisis or can i talk my shit to you know how
1: what do you think k i i love the ending i think it uh it picks up in the middle and then it has a really strong ending
0: yeah so you would say like do your worst to the interlude to made out with your best
1: friend yes anti-fuck yeah yes i fuck with that yeah um, the do your worst was my favorite song uh And then, and then like right from there, it finishes, it finishes really strong. I'm going to go
0: the first three talk my shit carpenter. You know how, Um, and, and I, I don't know if that is just biased because like, there's something really special about opening up this kind of world of light, you know, Mm. Uh, there's like a real, you know, I was a kid a long time ago. So when I was a kid, it was kind of cool when Wizard of Oz went from black and white to color. Mm. Yeah. The movie was in black and white and then all of a sudden bang, not just color, but all the colors. Right. Um, So this album, those opening three songs kind of explosion of color hits you and you're just like, wow, I'm in this world now. Um, and so it's always, it's always something great for me. Um, and and you write the, think about the pain of it, right? Like there's some real dark shit on here in terms of these relationships, um, and those come to you after you've heard it a bit because you're you're gonna take in the texture first, you know. Yeah. Do, Kay, did you have a moment where it hit you where you were like, oh, this is darker than I think it it is
1: I mean, I, I thought the beginning was like, it's funny because I thought like the first couple of songs were not, well, obviously not Can I Talk My Shit but Carpenter, You Know How and Lexicon, the tones were a little bit darker and then I almost feel like you know, even Audubon, like I feel like Made Out With Your Best Friend was kind of where things lightened up a little bit mm-hmm. and then it, and then it eased into the the end yeah but it, it it's like the juxtaposition I like the music that's you know like you said those dark themes but the uh, the music is so polished and you can enjoy it like even if you're not listening to the lyrics you can still enjoy the music for what what it is right. for sure. Yeah. But then like you said when you really pay attention and uh you know I have Apple Music so they have the lyrics you can like read the lyrics for the song like when you sit and you like actually read the lyrics you can see some of the themes emerge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's interesting and I think I wanted to see what Pitchfork gave it as a score. 7.4. 7. 4. Yep. It's a Dewey Electropop album that depicts growing up with candor and levity. So yeah, this is again, K. like the Pitchfork 7s are always the best
1: ones.
0: <laughs> Telling you right now, people discount Pitchfork. Pitchfork's not bad. It's not a bad operation. Their valuation I, of stuff is not great,
2: right? I tend to ignore the score. I read the review. If the review has the passion in it, I'll listen to the album.
0: So the scores to me, uh, I don't want to get yelled at by Dylan Green and for misreading this, but like the scores, like when they give something best new music, that means this is important enough for like to be the lead dog for us, right? We can put this out, wave this as a flag, We can craft a narrative around it, right? It fits a whole bunch of criteria for what we need in an alpha album, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean it's the best. Um, A lot of the ones that they give sevens to end up being my favorite albums of the year. Interesting. And it's because of those albums that are like in the sevens, are full of these weird textures and these weird oddities and like unique things Um, and they might not be jagged enough for what Pitchfork wanted but they're perfect for me you know Um, so I end up the Pitchfork 7s are the way to go um, to me so if you're a rapper and they give you a 7 don't worry you're in good company you're doing great like absolutely they're not going to give you a rap album best new music unless you solved a political crisis in it. Unless you're pretty much like
2: Arm Hammer, Billy Woods, or Ka.
0: Right. Or, you know, yeah. I mean, back in the day, Kanye, everything Kanye produced. No, I'm saying Ka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Ka. Gets, yeah, yeah. All Ka- of
2: his stuff gets best new music every Think single time. Ka.
0: The thing about Ka is he floated. He floated just below best new music for years and years on Pitchfork. If you look over the years and years of his scores, he would get an eight or an eight point one, and eight point three is the cutoff for best new music. True. So he was like, they were like, "We love what you do, but we can't really, we can't really have you as the tentpole. You're not really right. there, you know. Um, We need Kendrick, right? <laughs> uh, and so." Kendrick is.
1: They want like, it to be indisputable. They want like they want those ones that are like indisputable. Almost oh, so like they can appear like they're them. like, you know, crowning, like right. crowning the king, but they're really just kind of riding the wave sensing where it's at, and like, okay. I, I mean, won't take
2: Kendrick's Slander though.
1: These are businesses. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? These
1: are business decisions, right? Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, it, it's nothing. You know, there's nothing wrong with yeah. I, I'm, I was a Kendrick fan before many people were Kendrick fans, but uh, a a lot of the times Kendrick became way more popular than anyone anticipated, because white people, there's a whole section of white rap fans that listen to rap, so like anthropologists trying to get the black experience. Right. And so they stroke their beards and they're like, very interesting. I've I've learned now about Compton. I've learned new things about gang culture. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> it's really awful. Um, so, you know, those are the guys, there's a lot of those guys who rep, um, you know, that that, you know, acid album that acid jazz kind of album that it's all right is on um because they're just like this is the true essence of you know black culture and thought i'm like dude you're a white guy you shouldn't be saying any of this like this is weird um but they have to look into all that they have to have all that they have to have all that they have to have something that is bulletproof right they can appeal to every demographic Mm -hmm. it's a raspy old firefighter dude like that's not going to be for everybody so he he floated on the outside until yes he he became undeniable right it, yeah. the progress became undeniable um so he put pressure on it um but yeah this is this is a real gem of an album and it's really good in a lot of different spaces and a lot of different moods you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like the airplane's coming off the ground and you're listening to this album, it's a good deal. It's yeah. Good deal. It has a lot of utility.
1: Absolutely.
0: And there's sounds a
1: lot
2: of good in the car too. Go ahead. I saying, it sounds good in the car too. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. what I was gonna say. It's a
1: great car ride album. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Great car it, ride album.
0: And I've put this on a lot in the car because it's not it's not necessarily crazy, you know. Salacious. It's not like she's like screaming the c word, uh, my kid. You know, uh, I can I can rock this shit, and it's uh it's it's dope. Sounds great in the car, um uh, you know, big bass sounds, you know, serious dance music shit, um, uh, but R and B at times, alternative at times, mm-hmm. like just really multifaceted. I really enjoyed it.
2: Feeds a bunch of appetites. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a bunch of itches.
0: Yeah. I, that's why I was excited to bring it here and, and sneak it into the mix. Uh, so we had something that I felt was a guaranteed positive. And just because of how much K loves Raven, I just wanted you to make sure you heard this. Yeah. Because this is like something you need to hear if you've heard Raven. Um,
1: Absolutely.
0: So yeah, we'll do that. Uh, anything else we should say about these three albums, or we can go to the recommendation corner. I'm good. All right, recommendation corner. The first one is a heavyweight. I'm not fucking with you here. I one of the things I used to miss. I missed uh, was I used to be able to just play my wife the weirdest shit. And, and just really enjoy seeing her reactions to shit, you know. <laughs> um, having a kid complicates that certainly, and we're both busier than we've ever been. But there's an album. I got to share my screen so you can see the cover of this fucking
1: thing. Oh gosh! Oh, it's That's so great. fire!
0: How do I share on this bitch? Um, yeah, no, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful album. I don't know. I don't know that I'm seeing share as an option. Oh, there it is. It's giant and green, and I'm just dumb. Uh, let's bang. See this cover?
2: The king. Oh. oh, it's a fire ass cover.
0: Oh, wow. The King, Anjamili. A N J I M um, I L E. And. It has one of the most important, unbelievable first songs of the year. Uh, the title track. Um, and it is man. Uh, yeah, what is it? Ten songs, nothing under, you know, two and a half minutes, really. Um all statements, giant-sized statements animal is one of the best songs about racism that's come out this year uh it's the whole thing about it that's really crazy it's it's supposed it's a folk album it was in the folk section right which i'm always digging through but that first song and a bunch of the songs within it have kind of classical like elements and textures also like choral singing style shit mm. with like harmonies and crazy shit going on. Um but a serious voice and authorship and like you know a, a real story being told um personal family shit you know life shit of uh, the king on Jamile is is something fucking else and it's it's beautiful it'll be on my list my list is not gonna be like your list. <laughs> Just book it now. Um, yeah. So that that is definitely the first recommendation. What else do I have here? Man, there's some shit I haven't even gotten to yet. Um but I guess I'll my second recommendation, I will go uh With that new young Jeezy. Now, he's not young anymore. He's just Jeezy.
1: Mm.
0: But it's called I Might Forgive, But I Don't Forget.
1: It's
0: awesome. Uh, Oh, man. But it's 29 songs, Kay.
1: 29 songs.
0: It's, It's incredible. It's like a lifetime to listen to that album.
1: It's like a double album though, I think. It's supposed it's to be. Crazy as fuck. It man, that's really- damn man. I mean, that's more than a double. That's almost that's like a two and a half album.
0: It might be a triple album. It's fucking triple, yeah. Um, but good for cool. it. It's, it's really good. Um it's really good. And there's a lot of like just him going going at people who have screwed him over. Um Vengeful Jeezy is always fascinating. Um, Yeah. My third, I'm going to go with an album that I have not heard yet. (laughs) uh, That comes out in April of next year. Um, It's Bring Us the Head of Francisco False. Keshi is, is releasing his last solo album in two parts. And this is the first part. The album covers intense. Uh, the single is by factor chandelier. Uh, this one's going to be 10 songs. Yeah. The last of the Keshi solo projects. Uh, and he's in a great place right now. So I'm really excited to hear where that goes. Um,
2: the record he had this year was really good.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Defendants. Yeah, Co-Defendants Code is dope. It's dope. There's uh, a
2: song on there, the one with the with DOC. That you, song is stayed crazy. in rotation.
0: Yeah, you you got to see the video. Have you seen the video for all that shit? Oh, hell yeah. Hell all yeah. the Co-Defendant Code videos are bananas. They're just so good. Um, I don't remember why I even listened
2: to the album. I think I saw you talk about it, or you yeah. said something on Twitter about it, and I was like, all right, fuck it. Dano mentions it. I'll check it out. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? But I was loving it. Every second
0: yeah. of that, yeah. My wife, I played that. My <laughs> wife was like, Oh, shit, 90s vibes on this. Like, this is very 90s, uh, um, you know, punk kind of feel to a lot of the songs. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's good. The I don't, I can't give too much away, but so I K knows this. I've been sending all these, uh, you know, weird little interludes and stuff. Uh, To people that I like, people that I care about. Um, And there's an upcoming Sankofa album where I am the first voice on the album. Mm. Holy shit. I was fucking floored. I was like, dude, really? Me? It's fucking cool. It's really cool. You want to talk
2: about prolific artists. It's one of the first people that come to mind. Quality project after quality project after quality project. You know what you're getting when you're going in, and he will deliver it every single time. Yeah. No questions
0: asked. You get the understanding that he's like somebody who would have been a prolific artist if he could have been back then, right? He didn't have the means, which is why he only released so much. But now that he does, it's actually the means that suits him the best, uh, which is totally a different situation. Uh, but
2: he, I, I want to just, he, and he's just one of the dopest dudes. Oh, God. Yeah. Just pick up Kofa, man. I, I'm rocking. I can't wait to go to New York. I'm rocking my kofa beanie. I literally bought it to wear in New York. I don't need a beanie. I live in South Florida. There's no reason for me to own one. <laughs>
0: One of the things we we talked about the reason why we I think what started that I think I did a written interview with him where I sent him like five questions, um, and one of them was about parenthood, and it was the my question was pretty crazy. It was like parenthood is about feeling disappointed, like you didn't do enough, like how do you balance your artistic life with that? And his answer was, was gutting. It was beautiful and it was gutting. It was like, this is somebody who feel, who understands what I'm talking about, you know? Um, Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. So yeah, he's, he's a really genuine person. And I think, I think as, I probably shouldn't say this because I'm probably not on his level, but, as writers we have a lot of common sensibilities you know uh, so I, I i fuck with it
1: uh, well, listen
2: dan if i feel like if you ever really put your head to it you would write a fire-ass 16 boss
1: <laughs>
2: i know you can the amount of pop culture bullshit that you know rivals me and you would be able to just with your knowledge and your acumen and everything that you know about the you would put together a fire at 16. I don't want you to sell yourself short there. No, I, I mean, it, really it's,
0: mean. I, the my thing is, like, <clears throat> from a poetry perspective, I always felt like rhyming was a little bit silly. I always yeah. felt like, like, oh, I gotta search for a rhyming word? Fuck off. Like, so I, I, I've always I've always had a weird disconnect in my head about that. I, I admire people that can and do, right? Uh, but, the rhyming isn't really what I'm in hip hop for. <laughs> yeah,
1: you don't have to rhyme to be a rapper nowadays.
2: I mean, you ever listen to Prodigy from Mob Deep?
0: Fair, fair.
2: <laughs> when he rhymed, you were like, oh, like you like, got hype when he rhymed, because he never did. No. And it, yeah, still it was hard as fuck.
0: Yeah, hard as fuck. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's thank you for that for the confidence. Uh Fick, what what are you what are you recommending? Give give your recommendations for the people.
2: Just an album that I really like that I think they should hear.
0: Yeah, hit them. What, what do you want them to hear? What do you, what are you bumping? What do you want them to bump?
2: So I think everybody needs to bump the "Fish That Saved Portland" by Milk and Televangel. I think it's an. I think it's one of those albums that everyone needs to hear. Milk is just on another level than he was on last year's album. Uh, Televangel stepped up the beat so hard on this one. Uh, the guests on it all kill. I mean, if Fat Boy Sheree feature with Milk on a Televangel beat, yeah. like. What more do you need to know? They got a Mike Skinner reference on a fucking song title. Like you yeah. really like this album provides date. He in, in, interpolates baby fucking bash. All right? I love like, that. That's my favorite. I, I will love not. Yeah. And, and Milk sings so horribly. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things when they, when rappers can't sing and they sing. Yeah. I I, I There's not enough good things I can say about that.
0: No. Uh, I, I could talk
2: for it, about that for like two more hours.
0: My son had like a tournament. A soccer tournament last weekend you know three games like each an hour apart or some shit it was all fucking day and I was over on the sidelines during the game and I got my Bluetooth in and I'm like banging my head and doing rap hand motions <laughs> and the fucking parents are like what are you listening to you know they tap me on the shoulder and shit and I'm like milk and tell of angel man the fish should say Portland um and I was like, it just over the course of the year, it became uh, whether it was you know with the XL jacket project that he has from a while ago, windbreaker, windbreaker. Uh, whether it was windbreaker, whether it was you know uh, the first Tale of Angel album or this one, I was always like listening to Milk during the soccer tournaments uh, and just banging that shit on the sidelines. It just became um a tradition kind of. So um and it's because milk is one of those ready to go MCs. Like milk is is he's good for any mood, really, you know?
2: And people like want to cast him off and he he mentioned in Rose in in Rohan's uh interview that he did with him that he's uh that like he he could go around Portland. Like he's known in Portland. Like he grew up in the streets of Portland like and he's not like so, he's been doing this, and like he has the respect and and all of that, and, and I just think more people need to to take notice because I think he's just beyond special.
0: Yeah, and fucking hilarious. Um, <laughs> anything, anything else you want to you want to add to that, or are you good on that one?
2: Um, that and um, you mentioned it earlier, man. Sleeping dogs. I think everyone needs to listen to that. I'm faking my own death just to get some rest. You will never hear another record like that this year. Yeah. I I just think that that's another record that I was blown away as soon as I heard it. And that one has stayed in rotation and what that dropped in March. And that's a tough thing to do. It's been steady rotation for 89 months, constant. Those would probably be the two projects I recommend. I also, those are my two most recent vinyl purchases also. so
0: Yeah. Mm yeah good folks that take their verses very fucking serious um yeah i think that uh that jesse the tree verse on fuzzy or orange headband is the maybe the best one he's ever written uh it's really fucking nuts mm-hmm. um,
2: I, I think it's on uh i never remember the song but it's the one where he's like uh, it's, uh he's like it's ain't a hobby dog i I do it for cathartic purposes. It yeah, just yeah. so happens every versus bird of speaker services. Staff, yeah. I never remember the song name, Joe Cool or
0: Ugh.
2: something else. But that, I think, that was when he. I was just like, "Holy shit!" Yep, just that. And any Estee knack project that dropped this year, all of them. Dang. Those are my. Those are my recommendations.
0: Those are the recommendations that makes sense. Hmm. Okay, what are you recommending to the people?
1: Oh no! I mean, no, no recommendations this this uh, week.
0: Um, Yeah, we get in trouble sometimes. K recommends methamphetamines, and I'm like, no, stop, stop. He's 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 living a different lifestyle. Um, But I get it. (laughs) I don't judge. I appreciate it. The uh, respect it. So, yeah, it's been awesome. Glad to have you here, Fick. And thank you for having me. It's awesome we, we it up. A place that kicks it with with all the sides of the process, and what you do is really valuable because you give people a straightforward understanding of what's good with this music. Uh, so that's that's important, you know.
2: And that's, you that's, just, you. that's how I am as a person, even to people in my life. I'm I'm so upfront. My parents always told me to speak the fucking truth. And you don't Mm -hmm. have to lie about it Make up more lies to get around So I I just Well this is something I say how I feel about it Good, bad, indifferent I'll let it be known And sometimes I'll write a review And I'll be like Yo, this shit's fucking hard Because that's how I feel
0: Right That makes sense, man Yeah Yeah. Yeah. Say how you feel And stop posturing (laughs) What will tomorrow Bring Bye.